Thank you for joining us on our journey here to preserve the history of mixed martial arts. When I wanted to take on this project, I needed help. I brought in one of my favorite matchmakers, Miguel Iterate, and the MMA detective, Mike Davis. So to do this, we've been able to preserve history. Welcome and enjoy. Okay, we are back. Special edition right now. It's not the norm. We're not doing a deep dive here. We got we have our, our Hall of Fame going on right now, um, and we've done some of that, but this is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be our Hall of Shame. All right, yeah, Hall of Shame. Now, this might be what a lot of people consider the low-hanging fruit, um, what we're going to go with our subject today, because um, it's in the news right now, in the media, we have to talk about it a little bit. Uh, one of, uh, obviously one of the best, but probably one of the most disliked fighters we have out there one Mr. John Bones Jones. He's got to make yeah. our Hall of Shame. So, Mike, Miguel, who wants to start off with this? Uh, Let's let Miguel. Brain Let's, Miguel's an East Coast guy. I think it's fitting that, that you kick it off, Miguel. Paint a picture. Look, I mean, the picture is, I think, uh, you know, other people have covered it and the word narcissist gets thrown around and stuff like that. And, you know, I think what we're going to go over here is the facts of, uh, of this last case, you know, they, they, they're showing a spiral downward. They're not showing like he's improving or, 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 or anything like that. And there have been enough situations like that where if he's never going to change, maybe it is time to let him go. I think that, that the other factor on letting him go is that uh, Zufa and Dana kind of operated with, you know, their own mentality, money, you know, money first, and also like a personal relationship with the fighters because the Fertitas were more involved. But right now, with a publicly traded company, I think you've got a straight corporation that does it. I think he's going to hear, from, you know, there's going to be lawyers involved and that he could potentially be cut if the stock dies. And that's, you know, that's a new factor. But I think that, I think it's time because I think he has been given, you know, chance Countless after chances. chance. Yeah, and, more than three uh, chances, right? Well, so, we're going to get into that. Yeah, and and that's why I'm gonna hand it off to you so we can get into some of this, some of the chances. So, but just too real, many, it's time to let them go. That's it. Well, real quick before you talk about that, it's just like I mean, the publicly traded thing is a big deal. I mean, if your stock starts going, you 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 have stockholders to answer to. You know what I mean? And if they're seeing the the investors of the public sees, hey, this is what kind of people athlete this sport produces. That doesn't look good, and people don't want anything to do with that. So that's where the stock could actually go down. And if there's one thing that can affect, you know, what they had happen to John Jones, that stock. <laughs> if that stock's going down, there's going to be a problem. So and, let, let me let me counter that. So Miguel, everything you said, you it's you can't argue with Chris. You absolutely raised valid point. But now let's talk about repercussions for actions, as well as just accepting. Um, discipline for your, your accountability is what I'm trying to say. Accountability. So if the UFC cuts him, it cuts John Jones. John Jones is in a free market. The only way John Jones really sees any punishment is for the UFC to keep him under contract and shelf him. Because if he's out in a free market, he's fighting for one FC Bellator, any of those lesser organizations will take him and probably give him a pretty penny for, you know, you know, for his work. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure that one FC would cross that line. It, they may, and they may be able to match what the UFC does. But when you're talking about a spiral downward, maybe the realization that will hit John Jones is when he's all gloved up, ready to go, and walks out, 
and it's fucking Bellator, not the UFC. You'll realize that you're hitting the bottom at some point. And Agree if it's with not you. there, it'll be talent fighting or, you know, however low he wants to go. Brave. Yeah, somebody out. No, no, I get it. I mean, king of the cage. I mean, Terry Troublecock, I guarantee he'll take him. Like you know, went wild, too. It's <laughs> well, a suburban of, casino. But there, there are a lot of fighters that have gone from the UFC to Bellator and received, you know, good compensation to the point where they – it's not the same treatment. They all will tell you that after that they were there. It's not, you know, they still had more worries about the schedule when they're fighting. They don't even have shows to look at and say, hey, I'll fight in November. They don't know what shows these guys are doing in November yet. It's a completely different ball game. And he's pampered and babied, especially during the Fertitta years. I don't know if the fact that he no longer has the Fertitas and Dana really backing him the way before has sunk in on John Jones yet, but it might sink in when he looks up and his new daddy is Scott Coker. <laughs> oh my God. Well, <laughs> let's, let's go through the timeline of events. His UFC debut was in August of 2008 and he made a huge splash on the scene. His second fight against Stefan Bonner was, you know, of legendary proportions. And um, like it, it kind of let everybody know there's a new kid on the block that is incredibly talented. He went four years without making the news. I'm not saying the incidents didn't happen, but there was a four-year period where he wasn't getting on anybody's radar. And then in May of 2012, he had a, I think it was a, it was a gorgeous Bentley. And he got arrested for DUI after he wrapped his car around a telephone pole. And I think there was a couple passengers in the car as, car as well at that time. But that was the beginning I guess that was the first telltale sign that there was going to be some additional issues in the future. Well, you know, sometimes people have, it's not uncommon for that to happen. You're young, you get a lot of money, but I mean, a lot of times that is a wake up call. Okay. I've been arrested for this. I got to start getting on the, the cleaning and straight, you know, start, start making some adjustments. That's the key is what happens after that first big problem. Um, I think he's maybe at this point, you know, being so, popular and so famous and so much financial benefits at such a young age that changes who you are before you're set as a person you know if you're 25 26 27 you're kind of who you are when you're younger that's not the case you develop and change so maybe that's what happened to him because at this point he's by the time this has actually happened to him he's he's he is already the persona that he believed he was you know what i mean if that makes sense so because otherwise he could have changed but he continues to go in the wrong direction looks you know, and well, I think when people look back at that incident from, uh, you know, the perspective of 2020, you know, hindsight, it does stick out like a sore thumb. He's from a lower middle class area in upstate New York. Now, I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe his parents were wealthy, but his father was a pastor. His mom passed away from diabetes in 2017. I don't know what she did, but I do. I do think that crashing a Bentley up there is just way out of place it's way not what that area does you know it doesn't happen all the time like it yeah. might in new york city or in las vegas he's already sticking out like a sore thumb in his hometown so he showed a little contempt for his fans and listen may we might be nitpicking like I, i've got a whole list of things uh 2014 of april some of the fans were mentioning that he's raking his opponent's eyes or kind of using his, his fingers to poke his opponent's eyes as they close the distance and in, in order to, to punch him. John found it humorous, even though there was, it was, the volume was turned up pretty high on those complaints. 
John found it humorous and, and mocked the people saying it by releasing a video on social media crying. Oh, he pokes people's eyes. Eventually, he took it down. I think he should have probably committed to it. Um, you know, it is what it is. A little social media faux pas. It's much different now than it was then. And shortly thereafter that, in August of 2014, John Jones and Daniel Cormier got into a physical altercation and lead up to their fight where John Jones, for his part in that fight, is fined $50,000 and he has to do 40 hours of community service um, from the Athletic Commission, the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And that, that, also, that incident also came with a couple other bells and whistles. Um, I think that because it was the magnitude of the fight, that both fighters that appeared like on ESPN and there was some off camera, like back and forth between yeah. them that got caught on ESPN's cameras where he actually was threatened, you know, I'm going to kill you. And, and a couple of like weird, creepy cross the line things, especially because it wasn't part of the public interview. And it yeah. wasn't, it went against his image. Like it was like, this isn't your, the image that he was portraying on TV was an act. And I think the, the curtain kind of got open and you got to see the person behind it at that instance. Miguel, that's a very good observation. On your yeah, own. You're, I, you're correct. A, lo a lot of times, you know, Chael Sonnen's, you know, famously talking about this, where he talks about, you know, you, you, sometimes you play the heel and you ham it up. And you, he's the opposite. Like he's playing the good guy as a role sometimes, you know, and then yeah. when it comes, when you look behind the curtain, he's, he's saying these like despicable things, you know what I mean? So just like you said, this sheds a little insight on who you're really dealing with here. Yeah. The curtain got pulled back a little bit. And then January, 2015, Prior to his fight at one UFC 182, John Jones tested positive for a metabolite generally found in cocaine. He is tested once more before the event. The tests are clean, so he's allowed to compete. After the event, he revealed that he had made a mistake, and he took the brave step of checking into rehab for 24 hours. I mean, I'm sure he got better in 24 hours or anything. Just, it may be the, he had to dry out. That, Hey, the cocaine was out of your system before that. Yeah, obviously he nipped his problems in the bud right there, right? Because you know <laughs> nothing ever came up afterwards. And, and, and Miguel, let's let's just be brutally honest here. Two out of the three of us have been to rehab in this in this meeting right here. Miguel, Miguel, did you ever go into a a, a program? Oh, no? I thought I thought you were talking about Chris's knee rehab. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 just, I did a thirty-day program when I was like eighteen. I'll freely admit that. No, you but, know, I, I, have, but I, yeah. I do, I do, I do a twelve-step program, and I've had problems with that stuff before. Yeah. So I do have some insight into you know John Jones, um, and I I do think that the what, one of the problems that we're looking at here is that you know consider addiction. You've you've got alcohol, you've got drugs, you've got gambling. In gambling you're not putting anything into your body, but it's still treated the same way and handled the same way because there are problems of ego. And I think now ego narcissism, now we're more onto like he may ingest alcohol and it may be adding to his problem, but I think his, his real problems are more deep seated and personality wise. Gambling may be a part of it too. You know, that, that rush it's Vegas, you know, he likes to carry cash around and stuff like that, but it's all tied in there. And the addictions, I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe it's cocaine and stuff like that. But well, I think part of it yeah. is, is that if you keep in mind, gambling is treated the same way in terms of a 12-step program that helps. And in gambling, you're not ingesting anything into your body. So it's it, the chemical change comes from something else. Personality, DNA, I don't know. But John Jones has it.
he's got his foot on a gas pedal, you know, and he's, he's in fifth gear and he's looking for like, I, I got to get this, this machine going quicker. And, and, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I haven't had a sip of alcohol since I was 18. I went through a program. I 100% am sober. Like I do not drink or use drugs at all on any level. Um, April yeah, 2000. Except for, except for a little wee microdosing, but that <laughs> doesn't count. It's true. I do. I do. Dude, microdosing is fantastic. April 2015, good call me go. Mm-hmm. Um, after his win over Daniel Cormier, John Jones flees the scene of a hit and run where one of the victims was a pregnant woman who broke her arm. John Jones is charged with fleeing the scene of a crime and was sentenced to 18 months of probation, community service. And because of this felony charge, he was then stripped of his UFC title. So we're looking, you know, uh, I mean, this there's a few months there. This just goes again to, you know, the the egotistical, narcissistic view of, hey, man, I mean, I have no concern for anybody else. This is all about me. I mean, if you hit somebody in, in the pregnant and they're hurt, a lot of people would say, man, maybe I better check out and see how this person is doing. You know, I mean, anybody, anybody with what we call a soul might do something like that. Well, well, here, or Miguel, people are going to say, yeah. I'm out of here and run back into the car, grab some weed or whatever, grab something else. I believe that I came into the store, but I think he ran back to the car, grabbed something, and took off running. I mean, and everybody's like, that's John Jones. You know what I mean? It's like, so not hard Miguel, to understand. Here, let me, let, let's, let's really paint this picture. Okay. Rex's car, obviously, man, a bad mistake. Like, it, it, we're not even making light of it. It's a bad mistake. He comes back to the scene of the accident, grabs something that wasn't supposed to be there, but now he's got a fiance and a few kids, obviously, and he left condoms, like, an extraordinary large amount of money and a marijuana pipe. So, like, he's got to go home to this woman, and whatever he took was more important than the condoms and the cash. Yeah, it, it looks like I don't know. I don't know that he would the have the optics are terrible. They are, but I don't know that he would have it. This is one of the other consequences. And they, what you're talking about in the car crash incident is probably the most indicting incident of John Jones because, like you said, the optics are horrendous. Every step he made was a mistake. And then at the end of it, the consequences he paid for it were very little. A probation, he didn't have to do any time. Even though the woman was hurt, you know, in the car accident, the fleeing, you know, kind of obstruction of, you know, you could see them putting a couple of months on somebody, but he didn't pay any consequences, just a few years of probation. And, you know, he stayed out of trouble and stayed out of Settled out of court. There's a lawsuit that was settled out of court. But here, money buys. Chris, l- let me ask you do you think it's three months from his January, 24 hours of, of rehabilitation? Do you think what he learned in that 24 hour period might not have stuck? Uh, I mean, that whole thing going there was for optics there. I did it. I don't want to be here. You know, you can <laughs> just see there. the whole, like I said, it, it, I just see a whole guy who, who got, it, same thing happens when you get these young childhood actors, the Justin Bieber's or whoever, the, the, when you get too much money too quick and people look at you like you're a God, it affects you. I can't understand. You can't understand, but it happened to him because he, he, this is all about one person and one person only. How things affect him, you can tell every every one of his actions has to do with that. All right, yeah. So now, he makes, was he charged with DUI in that incident? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Yes, the, he was. The, the, the fleeing I, part, you know, may his initial thought may have been because you can 
At well, least he was on the run. Yeah, he at was least on the run and himself the in. How in can you get a DUI morning. then? They don't know if he was drinking or under the I, influence. I, I, I think you know what. I, I I know he was charged with some extra stuff. I I, I don't know. Okay, but that, I, I that should I should have commented to avoid that charge. And, and just deal with the other stuff. That could be also part of the reason why he came back and didn't stay fled. A lot going on there. Again, none of John Jones's reactions are anything like, a, you know, a normal human beings. They are very much egocentric, as Chris pointed out. And he's making the wrong decisions every time. All right. I, I, can you imagine just being in your backyard barbecuing and then just this huge specimen of an athlete is jumping your fence and running and jumping the fence again to get away from whatever it is he did. Like, is there a keg party? Is there a high school, you know, thing happening here? Um, Was that John Jones? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's getting cardio, you know? He's just doing parkour, you know, for his parkour. next <laughs> But what would be cool is if, if he got, like, the Tim Sylvia disease and had his UFC belt on as well the whole time. Right? So he makes it, uh, you know, a little over a year. And oh. he, June of 2016, he tests positive for um, two substances that are found in a class of hormones, metabolic, metab- metabolic modulators. Miguel, do not start correcting me on my, 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 regular, my regular words, let alone some Eastern Bloc or Japanese, Asian, Asian names. Um, he was suspended from a year, was prohibited from competition, suspended for a year. And it was decided that Jones' ingestion of these substances were accidental when oh. this fine-tuned athlete who is the king of the world says, man, it was over-the-counter boner pills. That's what, that's what got me. That makes sense. I mean, who doesn't ingest, you know, metabolic steroids accidentally? And I mean, who knows? It could happen to any of us. Chris, I go into gas stations. I see those Red Bull 5000s. I take fistfuls of them, and I tell my old lady, you better stretch those hammies. I'm coming home. Oh, hey, don't take any drug tests afterwards. That's the point. Ah, I look like a porcupine. That's how many boners I have. You're painting a bad picture, too. I mean, I'm right there with John Allen. Maybe I'll save us. No, I, again, you know, these incidents are happening in New Mexico and stuff, and, you know, a little bit more of the personality and the narcissism comes there because, and I'm not 100% sure of this, but I don't believe, like from people I've asked and stuff like that, that his girlfriend, wife, mother of his kids was really a presence in New Mexico. I think she may have been back in New York and he was doing his camps and stuff, but she wasn't even there. And then, you know, whatever boner pills or whatever, what, what, what's he doing if it's not with his wife, you know? And that's, you know, again, that's not illegal. That's not something that, you know, we haven't all thought of or done or, you know, to a certain extent, it's just the frequency. I boner the, pills. Uh, no, but you know, I'm talking about cheating on, on his wife, which is oh. just another one of those. We haven't that, done. You're dragging Chris into this conversation no, with, no, a, no, with no, a leader like that? No, no, no. I'm admitting to my sins. I'm not. Oh, I know okay, Chris, okay, okay. Chris is still married. Basically, he's just saying, uh, it just painting more of a picture of this guy as for his. Uh, and, and I'm not proud of that person. stuff. You know, when I did, you know, cleaning up as an, as, as an older person and stuff, I had to face some of that. And I, I don't like myself as much. As I used to think, you know, that was kind of cool. Oh, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, yeah. run around with a girlfriend, stuff like that. I think of it differently now. And John has to cross that bridge. You know what I mean? And, and that's a little bit of, of the problem here. If, if we, I'm going to let Mike take over again, but there are a couple of other incidents like that that I'm extrapolating from 
that I want to talk about because I'm pretty sure that, you know, that's a good understanding of John Jones's problem. Okay. So he makes it a year and a month in July of 2017, where he tests positive uh, Turina ball. He was originally suspended for four years, although it was later reduced to 15 months based on the fact that he was, um, I'm not going to see in compliance, the words where he was working with the commission or he was, um, I can't remember the words that they used exactly, but it, it kind of alluded to the fact that he told on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that was. This wow. Is the, this is the snitch incident. And there's been, you know, the, the speaking that Veda and Usada, Usada and when, when they go and tell you that you're positive, that there is a punishment that's coming that can be limited. If you say, look, I got it from here. These are other training partners that are involved. I think Fabrizio Gordon was a fighter who famously said, uh-uh, I got nothing to say to these people. And the rumor was that Jones had turned some people in to get, and now that's, I, I don't know that for sure. But I, 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 no, that, that is for sure. And, and I'm going to tell you why it never came forward. And wait, 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 let me preface this. I'm speaking as if I know I'm assuming here, you know, I've got 15 years in law enforcement and in general, when something like this happens, if they say, no, he, he was working with us to try to help this situation out where it appears that he snitched on somebody, he didn't snitch on a fighter, you know, because that would come to light. You know, some of the message boards and things of that nature would. But if you read between the lines and you really look at the whole situation that he's in, he's got two brothers that are NFL, you know, or NFL players. There are scientists that mine and farm the NFL with, with designer steroids so that they, these athletes can get the edge. If I had to assume, and that's what I'm doing here, assuming of who he would have turned in if that was a possibility. I'm, I'm being careful with my words, obviously. It appears that he would have turned in the scientist that created the designer steroids, at which point there's no repercussion because that person is in trouble and it's not his field. It's like that, you know, they're the, the tend of the garden you can touch. That person's kind of not in that. No, well, he might've been mad at him because they failed him, you know, cause their, their job is to make them. We don't even get caught. <laughs> It'd be yeah. like Lance Armstrong never got caught. He took him the whole time. He said, so there's ways you can do it. Not get caught. I think maybe he's mad. They didn't do their jobs. I asked crew. I'm all the hang them out to drive. Yeah, yeah so, whatever it is, it was a self-thinking-based decision for sure. And, yeah. you know, every, everything here is just a bad sign, you know. And now the problem, too, is you're, you're talking maybe potential designer drugs, scientists and things, is all along his paychecks have been increasing. So you're, you're kind now, of adding to the fuel of the fire here. It's working. Now, what he's doing yeah, is Miguel, working. Miguel and Chris, my theory that I just put forward, is it something that's – so preposterous that you can't imagine something like that took place no. or is it in a realm of possibility? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it certainly, it's, it's certainly, he did certainly not again, once again, not suffer the proper consequences for what he did. Exactly. Look, it, I mean, it, just it, how many times has this guy already, is that his second or third time he's tested positive? His third, is it not? I think the cocaine that was his first, and um, I mean, he did the cocaine. This is his first steroid test. And then December, was the second thing. So no, there was something another. else. He said boner pills. And this is the third one. You know what? You're right. 
So this you is already correct. his third offense. I mean, wasn't right. Nick Diaz third offense? They try to give him five years. Five years. For marijuana. Smoking weed. For marijuana. That's not performance enhancing at all. So now, December of 2018, that was July of 2017. He tests positive for 33 picograms of metabolite of Turnable prior to his fight against Alexander Gustafsson at UFC 165. Now, now he, he, here's another one where it really bothered me. Like, they moved the fight from Las Vegas to California. Am I correct there? That's correct. So, I mean, here's the, the entire card on like the, 24 hours and, notice. And, you know, like, I was talking to one of the other fighters who was on the card. He had his family flying into Vegas and go, Hey, my, my family's from Vegas. And go, you know, she goes, Well, I mean, they're going to have to go to California now. Like, they wouldn't take pair of, they wouldn't pay for the, the flight over there for, you know, it was like because of one guy messed a lot of people's hotel reservations. I mean, just messed everybody up. No care. This is about me. How so, does this affect me? That's all this is about. And it's just sickening, man. I mean, you know well, what? Here, I mean, let, what me, I, let me, let me, let me, let me get, go ahead. Just he saying, man, back in, back in the day, earlier the fighters just, you know, maybe because it wasn't that popular, maybe it was because there wasn't the money there, but he doesn't have egotist. I mean, it wasn't like that, man. I looked up the people like Randy Couture. I mean, can you imagine Randy doing like that? The people, I just can't see him ever. It, it, it just uh, it's changed and it's just yeah, I want these people with a chance to be people that are looked up to. I can in no way look up to this guy. That's the yeah, other day when the board was done. To me. I, I don't look up to him in any way. You know, if you're a fan of this podcast, I think it shows. Look, I, me and Mike, we got, you know, close to 50 years in this business. We I'm not shy about anything, but you notice that when there's a fighter and he's interacting with Chris, there's a camaraderie there that we all we're out of we're out of yep. and and we, we got to be okay with that and i am and but my point is is that jones doesn't play in that camaraderie and no it's been with no. just about, we've we've interviewed over 50 fighters and you sense it in the majority of them they have a connection to chris yeah they remember when they fought together meeting each other this that and there's comments that you know what happens in a fighter in training and this that camaraderie jones seems to ignore that fighter camaraderie, not give a shit about anybody, not even his peers. And, you know, you think maybe like a peer is somebody who can break through, but if that can't break through, his employer can't break through, his family can't break through, who's going to convince this guy that he has I to I got change? it. I got the answer to this. Well, first off, we, Miguel, you're 100% correct. Like, if you look at the totality of the three of us, there's over 75 years of combat, like MMA experience, you add it up, and we've had fighters come on saying, well, I'm not coming on unless Chris is there. Like, we've had that. And, and that's okay. Like, Miguel and I, we're not even offended by that. Like, we get it. Do you know what that means? No one else is going to be able to interview that fighter the way we do. And if we've got the ability to, you know, use Chris and his reputation to bring him on so we can really get this deep dive and open him up, well, that, that's MMA history. That, that's, that's what our, our job is. That's so, why we came up with this team. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but Jones, Jones is a guy that I, I, I don't have, we don't have a good path for. Like, how would we converse with him? And he, he might take a guy respecting the business everywhere, like Chris, and be like, yeah, you know, I don't want to do any interviews and not do it. You know, it's just like I've said, you know, there's a camaraderie among the guys, and Jones seems to feel himself above it. it and the UFC enabled that by not making him pay consequences. That, that movement of the show. Just moving the show. Okay, if you're going to have to cancel the show, 
that's a loss. But if you have to cancel the main event, you're going to lose money. And well, maybe moving yeah. the show to LA and the hotels and flights and getting all the logistics done was less money. And that's why they did it because they were going to lose less money. But the bottom line is, is that card should have occurred in Vegas, in Vegas. with John Jones's fight canceled. Well, he, if you look at Miguel, you and I for many years have dealt with athletic commissions and we understand the give and go, the push, the bend, gray areas, all of that we have experienced. And when you look at the letter of the law in regards to steroid use, you are suspended, we'll call it 15 months, two years. You cannot get licensed again until whatever it is you tested positive for says zero. And whether it's a p- one picogram or a half of a picogram where he had 33 and you can sit here and say, oh, it's like a, you know, a cube of sugar. It's still an advantage that's pulsating. That's Jeff Novinsky's words in his system. Now, on top of that, Jeff Novinsky, who's in charge of USADA, not an employee of the UFC. They've hired his company to you know, have some sort of fair testing. You're talking about a guy that went through the garbage of Lance Armstrong seven years after his last race in order to try to peg him as a drug like, abuser. This guy for seven years harassed one person that obviously everybody knew was cheating. And now he's going to come forward and say, it's pulsating. Yeah, it's just a pulsating. He's going to be well, the excuse for this person. And, and, and yeah, did they not say this is something that happened from his past like over a year ago? I'm thinking, well, Chris, I've never heard of it being in there that long. I mean, th- I mean, Chris, maybe Chris. I have no idea, but I thought I think when I heard that, I was like, okay, you've lost all credibility in my eyes. So subject for another podcast is, you know, the credibility and usefulness of Veda and USADA in in the scope of everything. They're all all useless. And there's no better example of how useless they are is this. I mean, the bottom line is is the UFC pays for the USADA testing for all their fighters. So it's like $4,000 or whatever, and it's taken care of by a big corporation. So they get their money. The fighters are volunteering for it. And there's no, well, but they, they are told, receiving money. Would, so would they have changed that? Would they have changed it and do anything for any other fighter? Maybe Connor, but they, them too, probably that's about it. They're not moving fights for anybody else. So, so me, you're, you're just screwed. So let me expand on my theory. So my theory, which is really preposterous, is that he was using designer steroids. Okay. Why is it's that? Well, okay. Here, I'm, I'm going to push it there. Okay, that's probably ridiculous. Now, at UFC 165, well, it's just pulsating. It's not a new set of designer steroids. It can't be. I'm clean. It's just, it reeks of just having a different scientist with a different ingredient. That is, it, it, it seems as if he's probably still on something. He's been on stuff his whole career, but go ahead. Absolutely. So, but, but do you know what I mean? Now, now he's just he's just got a different scientist. Well, I think you know the, the bottom line is is you know I think there's something to be said about the choice of fights too. Gustafsson was his greatest challenge up to a certain point of his career, and now here is a rematch, 
And at some point as a fighter, you want to walk in confident to make sure that you're going to, you know, knowing you're going to win that fight. And he needed steroids to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another really bad sign of, of, of his way of thinking is that he's going to get away with it. And, and, and all, of, all of the machinations that would have gone into making sure he procures, gets, hides, this, that, and the other stuff. And again, the question mark in himself, he's going into his greatest challenge, and he did need something. Again, as a narcissist, he can't fail. He needed something to make him more confident Mental. and make choice and make choice steroids. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just like I said, and again, no consequence. No, no, none whatsoever. In fact, his social media posts were like, Man, I don't understand why everyone's making a big deal out of this. I mean, it's no, no, not I will verbatim, I will, but that I was his say, attitude. I will say throughout this, he was also losing sponsorships and things like that. So there were some consequences that way. But I think on a corporate level, the UFC is the one that didn't apply consequences. The testing didn't apply consequences. If Nike or somebody like that dropped him as a big sponsor because of what he was doing, then those companies are making the decision I think that needs to be made now. Yeah. So in seven months later, July of 2019, John Jones was charged with battery after a waitress, I think at a strip club, I'm almost positive it was a strip club, claimed that he had battered her. He pled no contest to the charges, received 90 days of probation, and there was not a court settlement there as well. So after that, February of 2020 was his last UFC fight against Dominic Reyes, where Dominic Reyes won the first three rounds. And then with he, with a with a bad knee, by the way. With, and then it appeared he hit a cardio wall, and John Jones stepped it into second gear and finished him. But man, he John Jones lost. He didn't finish him. Was it did he go to a decision? It was a split decision, I believe. It was a three, split decision. He had three decisions in a row. Here at the since, end. I apologize. I apologize. So since then, when you look at T.J. Dillashaw, who got caught using EPO. T.J. Dillashaw did not get caught by USADA. T.J. Dillashaw got caught by the state. My contacts from California were saying that was that, I mean, they're they pretty much open about it, was that some people from Alpha Male were constantly telling USADA he's using EPO, which was not on their testing grid for, you know, the banned substances on, on um, you know, that USADA was, was, was trying to procure from these fighters. And he got he got busted by the state Usada, and we felt like, well, wait a minute, how did they get him and not you? Usada's response was, well, we don't regularly test for it because it's too expensive. It's too expensive of a test to perform. So you've got Sean Jones in his last few fights, really, really, his cardio has looked amazing. Yeah, and. You don't see Usada going, well, anytime somebody gets popped for anything, anything, that EPO tests should be mandatory every single <laughs> time they take a drug test. And unfortunately, well, I don't have this information. I don't have the internal memos. But it appears that might not be the case in regards to how Usada handles themselves with these athletes that have had issues well, in the past. And, and here's the thing, man. I don't care what anybody says. We... <laughs> In between rounds one and two, 
I can't even talk because I'm tired. You know, and I see that some of these fighters and, and maybe they just train different. Maybe they're just genetic freaks, but I've seen a lot of fighters who go five rounds and in between rounds four or five, they're just talking normal. I always, as soon as I see that, I think, and they're on something, man. I don't understand how you, I, I train it so hard and it just, I don't see how you could be that without taking something like that. Maybe I'm just being, and, and I was saying to Tim, I don't know anybody who can keep, just go that hard that long. I don't get it, man. And and like I said, I think you got like a Cain Velasquez. He's a genetic freak. That dude, even in wrestling, you just go hard, hard. And there are some people like that, but I don't think there's a lot of them. You know, if people are going five rounds hard the whole time and not get tired, I, I look and, at it. And, and Keith or, or and Chris, what about leaving their mouthpiece in, in between rounds? Like not even clearing their pathway in order to get more oxygen into their body. I it's, don't get it, man. I mean, it's mind Maybe I'm just, maybe that's just me. Being jealous, I don't know, but I work. I work as hard as humanly possible. I can't see being able to do that. I'm dead tired. These guys, are, I, I don't get it. So March 2020 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, John Jones is arrested for DWI, negligent use of a firearm, and possession of an open container while driving with no proof of insurance. John Jones pleads guilty to DWI and received house arrest. The UFC did not punish him for these charges, and the video of this incident is available is alarming. Yeah, you, you know, it reminds me of a Doug Stanhope story. And, uh, you know, if anybody knows that comedian, you know, things get X-rated pretty fast. So I don't know, Mike, yeah. why don't you fill him in on some of the facts? Yeah, I'd say he's, uh, his pants are really tight. He's hanging out with homeless people and he's shooting guns in the air with alcohol in his car about two in the morning spandex two in the morning it's spandex pants it's not like tight jeans slim <laughs> slim fit no so no. he's he's doing leotards and when he's doing you know the uh the stupid human tricks that the police are making him do in order to test his his sobriety level the conversation is uh I knew I drew my conclusion. I don't feel comfortable saying it here, but uh, I, I suggest you guys watch that and just keep in mind where he's at, what he's doing. Yeah, again, Strange. again, it, it, he, I, I, he probably got away with something. No, fa didn't face charges that he could have faced. That again was an incident with very little consequences. He know, said he backed on top he, of everything else. He likes to hang out with the homeless people. He yeah, said no, he likes he, to. He know, likes to make them feel hurt good. This Nobody got hurt in yeah. this one, right? So, you know, so I, I, I don't, but again, it's like Mike said, you know, the spiral, yeah, the spiral downward continues to happen. You know what I mean? You know, when you're hanging out with homeless people, Mike, you're, have, you're, you don't remember your visits to San Jose, do you? <laughs> I mean, they have, yeah, yeah, they have access to things that uh, you might not, they, you know, their, their credibility in regards to this is what I did for John Jones isn't as high and you know, there's certain favors that they'll trade for you as well for, you know, at a cheap price and keep their mouth shut about it. September 21st, police were called to, this is his last one. This was, this, this was hard. I mean, I heard the 911 call, dude, it broke my heart. I mean, we're making light of this situation, but this, this was as, you know, kind of sophomore as we might be about all of these situations. This kind of showed just how serious the situation was. Police were called to Caesar Palace Resort Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, responding to a domestic incident. 
According to the police report obtained by industry news site, a 911 call was made by hotel security guard when Jones' youngest daughter requested the help from the person working in the hotel lobby. Yeah, this one's really bad. Uh, you know, I'm sure everybody knows exactly what's going on with this, you know, with, with the police being called and them coming and finding blood on, you know, his uh, wife's face and lip and pillow and you know, clothes and the kid asking for somebody to call the police. And then, you know, he's, he's fessed up to a, a lot of what's going on, but not all of it, you know. All of it. Anyway, it just what really gets me is when you see how, with the police there and there's they're, they're arresting he's like you know oh take off these cuffs let's see how i think i bet i could take out every one of these cuffs just being a prick and then uh and then just saying i cannot believe you guys would do this on this biggest day of my career i'm thinking this is about him hold on your ego once again is it, it's not it's not about anybody else in the world you can't arrest me because i have a big day nobody cares if it's a big day for you. if you're breaking law and beating up your wife they're going to arrest you no matter what day. If it's Christmas, if you just won the title that day, it does, it's not about you. What are you talking? Just the arrogance and, and just the delusional feel that he is the center of the universe at all times. I, I cannot I cannot be around people like that. I, I don't want to be around anybody like that. And I, and I certainly don't I want to support them. I don't want to watch them do well. I, I want nothing positive for people like that. They just, uh, they're, they're the. I mean, that's one of the reasons I get, you know, so turned off by the Hollywood elite. I think they're you know, on the politicians. They disgust me to no end because it, they think everything's about them. Just like this. I don't want people like that around here. So, uh, just hall of shame. You got to well, be the president forever of this. Let, let, let's talk about what I missed here. He vacates his belt in 2020, May of 2020. His manager um, separates from him in June of 2021. I mean, there's, I mean, and imagine what we don't know. Imagine what we uh, yeah. don't know. I, I, I saw that June of 2021 interview with Malky uh, Cowie, I think his last name is. Yeah. And this guy is, you know, a power player in, in the sport at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So John, John had the management, you know, that got him the big contracts and got him the fights and stuff. But what, around that time of 2020, when he vacated the bell, he was getting criticized for his negotiating with the UFC. And Malky basically said he had not heard from John Jones in June of 2021. He said he had not heard from John Jones on the phone in two years. He would take his call, but he had not heard from him. And John hasn't called. Now, why would his manager not call him? Maybe he called him. You know, I called him for a week. He never picked up. Da, da, da. You know, who knows how that went? But the vagueness of him saying, yeah, I haven't represented him. And I, we haven't even taken a call from him in two years. That kind of, The way that came to light, reeks of a person that's tried to connect with Jones and tell him, look, you need help and got shut down. And And another hint of that came from Mr. Dana White himself in the repercussions of this. I I saw in one of the interviews he did, uh, somebody in the press asked him uh, the simple question, has he ever asked John Jones to stop drinking? Does he think alcohol is the problem? And they just laughed and said, 10 years ago. (laughs) You know, that's that's another interview. You know, Dana is, you know, whatever. But in John Jones's world, Dana's pretty important. He's, he's paying him. He's making the money. You want to keep him happy. And if Dana told him to stop drinking, man, a lot of fighters would listen, you know. But Jones has done whatever he can to not quite listen to him. And Dana showed his frustration. 
what I'm talking about is the frustrated interventions that come with the type of problems that John Jones has, the way he shunned them. And the fact is that not everybody with this type of problem or disease or addiction can be saved. Not everybody can be saved. No, no, no. And, and here, here's the over under, like this is ladies and gentlemen, we're historians here. Obviously we've proven that John Jones is the modern day version. In my opinion, of Sonny Liston, like he's going down that path. And if you watch Sonny Liston, his life ends tragically. And I'm not wishing or hoping that for John Jones, but it's as plain as day that his life ending tragically is not off the table. Like that, that's there. And my personal opinion is I don't think he ever fights again. He's got too much downtime and he's surrounding himself with people that he shouldn't, he shouldn't be associating with. Yeah, I mean, it's like you hang around with five knuckleheads and you, you're also a knucklehead. You hang out with five smart guys or people trying to do things to be, guess what? You're the guy that's trying to do better and and, and push yourself. It's, I mean, you are who you hang out with. Yeah, and, you know, again, if you look at the entourage even he had with him this weekend, you know, there are still some questionable people in there, you know? It's like he had his wife and kids, but then, like, who accompanied him? I didn't see Greg Jackson there. I didn't see, you know, some people. Uh, it's very telling. You know, so who was with him and what's that person's reputation? That's probably Chris, out there. Biggest light night of his life. <laughs> Big, biggest night of his life. And Greg Jackson's not on the stage with him. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, uh, I, I... It just, it just all speaks. I mean, he probably doesn't want to hear from people like that who are really telling him what he needs to do. They you don't want to hear him. that stuff. You don't want to hear You want to hear yeah. people who tell you what you want to do, not what you need to do, not what's best for you. You want to hear what, you know, the, it's like water, the path of least resistance. You're going to go the easiest path. You know, oh, this is what I want to do here. This is who I'll be around. I don't want to have those people. He'll go to those people when he has to. If he has a fight coming up, he'll be there for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. But if not, he want to hear that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, well, least, what about here? here let's talk about another thing. Hiding from Usada underneath the boxing ring for like four or five hours. That's in there, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is just this is just the highlights. We're not yeah. even like. You really want me to this? Isn't a deep dive. This isn't a deep dive. No, no, no. I mean, we could do a deep dive, but you know, we're trying to keep this under an hour. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I feel, I feel we outlined too, from family to friends to training partners to management to employer, as the UFC is. I think you have a lot of people who have moved a mountain to give him an extra chance, and he's taking every extra chance with no intention of, of actually. Yeah. making the changes he needs to. And I do think, like I said, with the, the idea is that not everybody can be saved. Then, you know, I do think the UFC, it's time to let him go and let that write itself off. You know, I can't imagine that Anthony Johnson did anything worse than this, but they let him go. And Dana said, have fun dealing with him, the Bellator. That was his reaction. Well, let's close this out this way. Chris, do you believe John Jones will fight again? Uh, that's tough. I mean, I'd have to think so. I mean, I don't know if his, uh, in the UFC, will he fight again in the UFC? Quite possibly because here's what, in my opinion, what's going to happen is, you know, his ego will not let him not be the center of the universe for too long. If he feels like that's slipping away, he'll come back to somewhere. 
And, you know, I, I, from, from the UFC's past and how they've treated him with kid gloves before, I can't see the, if he makes any kind of honest attempt or at least the appearance of that, okay, there, look, we, we did, cause he brings in money for him. <laughs> he man. So I think they're going to 72 hours in rehab. He, this yeah, time. he went He's two cured. days. He doubled up last time. He's fine. You know what I mean? Miguel, well, I mean, he, has come out, he has come out with videos with his uh, girlfriend slash wife, mother of his kids. Uh, you know, kind of like, you know, saying it was all misunderstanding and, and making less of the incident. Um, so I think he's laying the groundwork to make a shot for it. I think if he does, it'll be in the next six to eight months. Um, that amount of time he could screw up again. Or, Look at his timeline. Or he's if doomed. whatever happens, he gets injured, this, that, or the other stuff. Then at that point, I think it may not happen. But I think. Right now, with everything that's done, I think we're on a collision course to see him around February or maybe the July show, the Super Bowl okay. show or the July Fourth uh, uh, shows. Where they so you're going yes, you're going yeah. yes, Chris. You're I'm saying yes. yes. I'm saying no. Yeah. I'm saying no. No, yeah. yeah. kind of. You know, I hate to say, and, and that's that's a bold statement on my end. I don't yeah, think no, you go oh, yeah. too I, much I time. Hope, I, I hope you're right, and I hate to say that about anybody. But like it truly thinking if Dana White, like Dana, you couldn't really have a more impactful person in his business than Dana White. If Dana White told him to stop drinking and he couldn't, nobody's really going to be able to get through to this guy. Like, you know, from Dana to his family to this, that he shunned every attempt. Like, you know, unless you, you want to channel like Sugar Ray Robinson and Sam Langford and like some of like boxing's real tragedies to come and try to get through to this guy. Yeah, again, you're talking about Ouija board stuff. You can't do it. There's nobody on this planet who can get through to this guy right now. Yeah. So, Chris, why don't we get out of here, brother? Hey, thank you guys for listening. Give us some comments. Let you know. Let us know what you think about this. Agree, disagree. Let's start some dialogue, baby. So, thank you very much, and I appreciate it. <laughs>